Good afternoon. I'm Pramina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. A horrific milestone in the global fight against COVID-19. Over 100 million people have now been infected with a deadly disease over a year since it first emerged in Wuhan, China. Based on the latest tally by Johns Hopkins University, global COVID-19 cases have crossed 100.2 million. The death toll still climbing with 2.1 million fatalities recorded. The Interagency Task Force Against COVID-19, or IATF, adopts new testing and quarantine protocols beginning February 1st. That's amid the spread of new coronavirus variants around the globe. Arriving passengers, regardless of origin, will now be required to undergo quarantine upon arrival. Travelers will also be tested for COVID-19 on the fifth day of their arrival in the country or earlier if the traveler begins showing symptoms of the disease. The new policy comes as the Philippines reported 1,173 new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday, the lowest daily tally in nearly three weeks. This brings the nationwide total to over 516,000 infections. Some 30,300 are active cases. Fatalities outpaced recoveries for the second day in a row, with 94 deaths and 18 recoveries reported. The country's current case fatality rate of 2.01 percent is also the highest. It's been or the highest it's been since August 1st of last year. Hospitals in the Mountain Province are beginning to be overwhelmed by the surging coronavirus cases in the area. Dr. Ruby Constantino, director of the Cordillera Center for Health Development, says hospitals are in dire need of additional health care workers to help assist the rising number of COVID-19 patients. Ay nag-submit po kami agad first hour in the morning ng aming pong request sa central office mm-hmm. for additional po ng human resources. So kasi mayroon naman po silang pondo na agad-agad po ay inantay na lang po namin pagbapapunan po kami makapag-immediately hired po ng additional para po sa ating mga hospital. In Bontok alone, at least 413 COVID-19 infections have been recorded. That's including the 12 UK variant cases. Authorities continue to trace the contacts of the new variant patients. An infectious diseases expert says authorities need to keep track of the studies being done on the new COVID-19 variants to come up with better responses to the pandemic. Dr. Edsel Salvania from the UP Institute of Molecular Biology also points out the mutated variants stem from the continued transmission of the novel coronavirus. He also raised the possibility of reinfection among the recovered COVID-19 patients. The concern is that even people who've had the old virus uh, infection before uh, are maybe more likely to get reinfected with these uh, emerging variants. There may be some decreased cross-protection, but again, this data is, is, has not yet been confirmed and we continue to keep an eye on it and there are ways to rectify it, including tweaking the vaccine. 
Metro Manila is ready for the expected rule-out of the COVID-19 vaccines. That assurance from Metropolitan Manila Development Authority General Manager Jojo Garcia. This comes after Metro Manila mayors met with the Interagency Task Force on COVID-19 to discuss the country's immunization program. The first batch of vaccines is expected to arrive before the end of February. As for the quantity and the brand, Garcia says vaccine chief Carlito Galvez Jr. has yet to disclose the details. The Philippines contact tracing chief in hot water for attending a birthday party that allegedly violated health protocols. Baguio City Mayor Benjamin Magalong admits he and his wife were among the attendees of the January 17 event. It drew flack for alleged violations of public health protocols with some guests not wearing face masks and not observing social distancing. But Magalong says guests only took off their masks as they dined. He adds some of the guests were invited by performers to join a community dance. Some people who are not used to it, na kumakain, matatayo para pichotegin, babubuli. Siyempre, may magbabailate ka kahit paano. Walang entitlement po rito. Nagkataon lang ko talaga na, you know, tao lang po tayo na sometimes when we are just so engaged in one particular po na activity na talagang masayahin, eh kung isang ko nakakalimutan din po natin. Okay. Well, Tim Yap claims the birthday celebration was not a party but a dinner organized to promote tourism in Baguio City. Yap adds he and all guests tested negative for COVID-19 prior to the event. The tourism department is looking into possible violations committed by the hotel where the event took place. It was never my intention to offend anyone. I would never do anything that endanger Siguro magkulang ako na napapaalalahanin na magsuot ng mask dahil may mga lumbas na ng mga retrato at mga videos na, na walang mask. Pero uh, again, I would never endanger anyone. We are all uh, responsible uh, citizens of this country and all we want to do is to really uh, help restart uh, the economy, reopen the economy and to push for local tourism. In other news, Philippine Senator Francis Pangilinan files a bill that would bar the unauthorized entry of military and police forces, not just at the University of the Philippines, but in all state universities and colleges in the country. The proposed Academic Freedom Act requires law enforcers to coordinate with school officials first before entering state campuses, except in cases of hot pursuit and emergencies. The bill also says law enforcers are not allowed to detain any student faculty or employee without a warrant of arrest and without prior notice to school administrators. It also seeks to designate state universities and colleges as freedom parks. In the context of our constitutionally guaranteed rights to freedom of assembly, mm -hmm. freedom of expression, freedom of speech, uh, we will declare uh, campuses as freedom parks where these rights can be exercised without fear. Panginian filed the bill after the termination of the UPDND accord, which the UP community and critics see as an attack on freedom or make that academic freedom and freedom of expression. The Philippine Defense Department has since expressed willingness to discuss the accord with UP officials. There is, uh, you know, there are effects not only on the entire institution of the University of the Philippines, but on individual 
faculty members, individual students. So these are the concerns that have been that have come up because of the abrogation. And these are concerns that we feel are so related to the uh, to the items in the in the agreement. That is also antithetical to our academic freedom. Academic freedom means that you know discussions you know uh, are are allowed of, of various uh, on various positions without fear that one is going that without fear that uh, you know there is somebody listening and that there is a consequence to this discussion that's what we are concerned about you know uh, will they enter to the effect that there will be a chilling effect on everybody in the campus as we you know as we have our classes as we have our discussions U.S. President Joe Biden vows to buy some 200 million more COVID-19 vaccines. That's in a bid to deliver his promise to curb the pandemic in America. Biden says the goal is to vaccinate 100 million Americans in 100 days. But he warns the battle is far from over. We will both increase the supply uh, in the short term by more than 15 percent and give our states and local partners more certainty about when the deliveries will arrive. These two steps are going to help increase our prospects of hitting or exceeding, God willing, the ambitious goal of 100 million shots in 100 days. But I also want to be clear, 100 million shots in 100 days is not the end point. It's just the start. We're not stopping there. The end goal is to beat COVID-19. The Biden administration will purchase 100 million doses of vaccines by Pfizer and Moderna, increasing America's overall total doses to 600 million by the second quarter of this year. The U.S. Senate rejects a Republican effort to stop former President Donald Trump's upcoming impeachment trial. But the Senate vote shows there may not be enough lawmakers to convict Trump. Here's the full story. Will all senators now rise and raise their right hand. U.S. Senators on Tuesday were sworn in for the impeachment trial of former U.S. President Donald Trump, the only president to have been impeached by the House of Representatives twice and the first to face a trial after leaving power. Right off the bat, Republican Senator Rand Paul attempted to halt Trump's upcoming trial on the basis that it is unconstitutional because Trump is no longer president. Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution says, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. As of noon last Wednesday, Donald Trump holds none of the positions listed in the Constitution. He is a private citizen. That effort failed, but 44 Republican senators sided with Paul, including now Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who said just last week that Trump provoked the mob that stormed the Capitol. Only five Republicans voted down the effort, which signals a weak appetite among GOP lawmakers to convict the former president. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer hit back at the notion of constitutionality. By constitutional text, precedent, and common basic sense, it is clearly and certainly constitutional for, to hold a trial for a former official. Former President Trump committed, in the view of many, including myself, the gravest offense ever committed by a president of the United States. 
That offense being the incitement of insurrection by Trump supporters on January 6th, while Congress was in session to symbolically certify Electoral College votes confirming Joe Biden as president. The trial is set to begin on February 9th. At least 17 Republicans would need to join all 50 Democrats in the evenly divided Senate for Trump to be convicted. A two-thirds threshold that appears unlikely to be reached. In business, despite the rising COVID-19 cases, the International Monetary Fund lifts its global growth forecast for this year as it pins its hopes on a vaccine-powered pickup in the world economy. The IMF now sees a global economy growing by 5.5%. That's a slight improvement from its previous 5.2% forecast. As for 2020, the IMF sees a global contraction of 3.5%, less severe than expected. It says vaccine approvals and the launch of immunization drives are giving people hope that the end of the pandemic is near. But the IMF warns the world economy continues to face uncertainty due to the threat posed by new COVID-19 variants. If there is additional uh, policy support provided, outcomes could improve. But on the other hand, if you could have slow, if there is going to be a slowdown in vaccine rollouts, uh, and if there's a premature withdrawal of policy support, uh, alongside a mutating uh, virus, then that could certainly lead to worse outcomes. Now, the projected, gro uh, projected growth that we see for this year uh, follows a severe contraction in 2020. Now, even though the estimated collapse for 2020 is somewhat less dire than we had uh, projected uh, in October, uh, this still, the crisis in 2020 still remains the worst peacetime global contraction since the Great Depression. The IMF sees the U.S. economy the largest in the world, growing by 5.1 percent this year. Meanwhile, China's economy is expected to expand by 8.1 percent. While some countries have a rosy outlook this year, the IMF downgraded its economic growth projections for the Philippines. It now expects the Philippine economy to contract by 9.6% in 2020, worse than its earlier forecast of 8.3%. The projected contraction is also beyond government's estimate of an 85 to 9.5% decline. The government will release fourth quarter and full year 2020 GDP data on Thursday. Tristan Valerio of BPI Security says markets have already priced in a downward uh, make that a downtrend, citing the lack of mobility amid the pandemic. Our research team actually did a study on the mm -hmm. mobility of the Filipinos. Um, it peaked around December during the Christmas season, mm -hmm. and then it's now plateaued back down. The lack of mobility of Filipinos um, is really, you know, a deterrent for you know uh, recovery in the in the country's uh, economy. The IMF also slashed this year's recovery prospects to a 6.6% growth from a previous estimate of 7.4%. It says the downward revision mainly reflects the larger-than-expected year-on-year contraction in the third quarter of last year. Another airport project in the Philippines suffers a setback. The local government of Cavite has canceled the joint venture to develop the $10 billion Sangli Airport with Lusiotan's MacroAsia and its partner China Communications Construction Company, or CCCC. Or CCCC, that's correct. 
Um, Cavite Governor John Vicremulia says this is due to the consortium's deficiencies in the submission of requirements, which the province saw as a sign it was not fully committed to the project. CCCC was among the Chinese firms blacklisted by the U.S. in August for their roles in constructing and militarizing artificial South China Sea Islands. But Remulia notes that had nothing to do with the cancellation of the deal. Cavite is set to start negotiations for a private sector partner to pursue the Sangli Airport upgrade. In sports, the Philippines will no longer serve as one of the hosts of the third and final qualifying window of this year's FIBA Asia Cup qualifiers. And that's because of the ongoing travel ban against some countries, according to the Samahang Basketball ng Pilipinas, or SBP. The tournament was originally set to be played in Pampanga next month. Eight teams would have competed in the Philippines, including South Korea, Australia and Hong Kong, countries covered by the ban. Aside from the Philippines, Tokyo also begged off from hosting part of the FIBA tournament. And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, keep it here on ANC.